0: like oh yeah yeah <laughs> all right welcome ladies and gentlemen as i as i uh you know take another uh examine of my lit of my vision in multiple ways either you know my my camera on my computer it's this is very black mirror like i guess it's just like you know is making a comment on the way that we view things in society. As long as it's not the Anthony Mackey episode, we all good. Uh, I heard, yeah, I haven't even seen them on Black Mirror. I've heard, I've heard more episodes of Black Mirror than I've actually seen. Yeah, I, this it's a weird stuff. Bro. <laughs> I got to start checking that up. But anyway, we'll make some more some more linear commentary on the NBA and WNBA and such here. Uh, Glad to be back after uh, about a week or so off. This is the last time. It was about a week prior to last Thursday we were on. We did the WNBA preview. And, um, yeah, so we got some stuff to catch up on. You know, that's why we're actually going to be doing two shows this week. I want to do extra show because uh, we didn't do the show last week. And uh, that'll be on Friday, actually. And me and uh, Josh will be there. We should have a couple special guests. And, um, but now you you see we got, as all, you know, our our, our very uh, valued runners with us here, Drew and Chris. And, uh, you know, let's just talk about what, you know, catch up on what we haven't talked about so uh, over the past week. The NBA, of course, you know, our thoughts on the uh, playing, how that went about and everything. You know, do you deem it a success and whatnot? And uh, the start of the sky season, a little bit shakier than maybe we uh, expected, but uh, still a lot of time there to go, but still some things, maybe the flesh out there, I think Chris will help us pinpoint those. And, um, yeah, just I, – I, I guess the one thing I want to talk about, though, is uh, the the rise and fall of one uh, Jermaine Cole. On Jermaine. the ball court. Cole. <laughs> The real is not gonna be back <laughs> for the uh, Rwanda basketball team um, uh, in the in yeah. the NBA Africa League. Uh, apparently, he's uh, trying to get this thing up, but I he yeah he's he's leaving there. You know they uh, officially putting it down as some uh, as a family issue or something that uh, causing them to come back to America. And, uh, but you know, we all know what it really is. He just played the one game as part of his uh, rollout, which is much praised rollout of this, his album, and, which was very effective. I saw like all the tracks on the album, which is something you can only do today in music, you know, all the tracks on the album made the top 40 cause you know, a bunch of, uh basketball, you know, bunch of basketball players current and former and wannabe ran to the streaming sites and just kept hitting, you know, repeat. <laughs> and uh yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, he he got some pushback from a guy over there, uh, American guy Terrell Stoglin, who was, you know, so who was you know hooping pretty good out there, but he said that, you know, Jermaine was taking up another guy's spot who may have, you know, Deserve to be there, but uh, in, in my opinion, you, if you taking up another guy's spot and you average one point in <laughs> and and the get in your play over there, I think it's like it's most likely that he's taking up the spot of a guy who would also average one point <laughs> or lesser. You know, but you know, i, I don't know. but but <laughs> well, he is, you know, he, he's not. He, he like I said, he, it wasn't a big, it wasn't that big a deal. He's gone now. And uh he's got to live his dream of playing some sort of professional basketball. You know, as everybody knows he went to St. John's and walked on there. And he's always been a tall, light skinned guy like Drew. So he's uh-huh. wanted to play basketball. So, you know, he, he got to I Drew, I think you should give it another chance, man. <laughs> go, take <laughs> <laughs> what? go take somebody
1: else. I ain't yeah, got to go take somebody, somebody else's
0: spot. I ain't got a in Yeah. If, if, if that was a, still a CBA, I'm pretty sure you could have gone. You could go on one of those teams and take somebody's spot, especially if Isaiah was still running. You know, but yeah, uh, you know, I, I think I think you should. There's got to be some place out there you could play ball for a day, and you know make 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 another run at it, man. But. <laughs> Yeah,
1: oh, no, my my joints—they ain't the same, man. These these near forty joints I'm I'm
0: walking and <laughs> running man. on now. Yeah, we, we I know, man. As yeah. as Chris Paul too, man. Yeah. man.
1: man. But, uh, yeah. I, speak Speaking speaking to what you just brought up though, I'm, I I get that. You know, there, there's a little bit of pushback on on J Cole uh, being on that team and maybe using up a spot that could have been used for somebody that. May have done more with it or was you know hoping to do more with it, but I mean, that's the same argument that we've heard in sports media where you know athletes, retired athletes, are you know so called taking jobs from people who have communications degrees and you know their dream is to be on first take and all these other different shows. Or I believe, um, Samuel L. Jackson had an issue was it LL Cool J when they was doing um, what's the name of that movie, man, with the shark? Uh, oh, deep. The- Deep blue sea. Yeah, I think I want to say it was Samuel Jackson that had a I don't know if he had an issue, but he brought it up about you know rappers and entertainers stepping into his quote unquote field of play and you know how yeah. that might be looked at as uh taking taking roles from more deserving actors. So I mean it's it's it's, a, it's like, always a yeah. other, it's always yeah. a concept
0: yeah. of a other. It's if it ain't that is is American black folk getting mad at European black folks for taking roles and stuff. You know, now you, you 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 know you hide your accent, brother. You know, playing from Baltimore. Right. You know, it, it's it's a you know it's a it's always an other outfit. But but I think you know again with J. Cole, it was kind of obvious more so than anything. That he was a stunt, and it wasn't he wasn't a, a long time threat. He wasn't going to be the step the Stephon Marbury. You know what Stephon Marbury did in China, he wasn't going to do that in Rwanda. Uh, he, they weren't gonna make any statues of him, but you know, he, mm-hmm. you know, he, like I said, he 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 gave himself a chance. I think Rick Ross to came to rescue on Twitter and sort of said like, no, don't, don't tear down a brother's dream. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, oh. And, you know, he, he had the dream to play ball. Like I think I, I go back to other. Uh, times when this has happened, like I, well, I guess probably the, the most obvious uh comparison would be like to a masterpiece, and and you know he he got to play in the preseason, which you know he it, what he did was more impressive. He played in actual NBA preseason with an actual NBA team, so it looked but, pretty good. Yeah, and and people and, and also Mark Curry, they showed him. In recent time, like he's he's copped up a couple times recently for funny reasons, because like a news report in in uh, Southern California, like just randomly talked to him uh, about gas. Yeah, they just put local oh, yeah. local driver under him. They didn't even like say <laughs> they didn't give a damn about this. <laughs> they just said, he okay. a local driver.
2: Cats don't <laughs> cats don't know about that stuff. It's like the time that um. Some the uh, the local news caught up with Adrian Peterson at the gas station and was asking. Yeah, that's him about happened a couple of times.
0: Like athletes, like taxes or something. Yeah, okay. there's there one time I think like Chris was one of the long kids, not Kyle, but one of the long. Oh, kids, I think I remember that. It was an interview with, and people didn't know it was him. Like,
1: see, I can see that a little bit more with the football players. Yeah, because the, yeah, the helmet, helmet syndrome.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it. I don't know. we get that. We that. <laughs> but he played, I, I think he actually played a preseason game, too, for the Warriors. I know they shot that episode where Barkley dunked on him. <laughs> I think he actually played a game for the Warriors, too. Like, so, so I mean, these, these people have dreams. Hoop dreams deflate like a true fiend's weight, but they... They it's, for some it's hard to 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 pop the ball completely. <laughs> so you know I, I've you know I be myself knowing how, what it would take to get in that position, especially at thirty six. You know I'm thirty seven, so there's no way I would be able to do some mess <laughs> like that. So, but you know it, it's you know I I I, like I said it helped. It was effective in the rollout. It kept him because God knows any he, if you've been talking about hip hop the past couple of weeks, you were talking about J. Cole. So that just was another part element of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good to, it. Is, and, and actually, it's a good album, too. Mm. going to be the one that you will listen to. It. It's a good album. I wonder if it's like the official Ball Players album now, because so many ball players will talk. It
2: seems like it. Yeah. It's yeah.
0: like, you know, it's like when you, talk, you think about hip hop connection to basketball, it's always some sort of connection there, but he seems to be right in the center of that. Yeah. I wonder too, like, if he's going to have like a future connected to the game. Like, is he going to become somebody's owner or part owner one day or something like that? Um, I don't
1: mean, know. he got, That's a he good got a, sort of got a foot in the door with um, Puma. Yeah, yeah, he got a shoe out already, ben. right? Mm-hmm. I know oh, yeah. can wear Pumas. There's, there's some other players I can't think of anymore any more off the top of my head, but Puma, um,
0: Puma trying to come back in the league. And, and uh then Stuart, had uh, Stu Hutt deal with the oh, oh, story yeah.
2: yeah um there's a there's a few players who who linked up with puma and the w
0: that i mean puma i like i like what puma has done recently with, with reviving itself you know it, you know it, it you know, it's, it's it's a play for it out there especially since reebok is under adidas and so they are basically the same thing really it's, barely any reebok anymore, new reebok especially. Mm-hmm. So you basically just got Nike Adidas and there's another spot. Under Armour doesn't really they don't they can't design a short for them. So it's like, you know, they could get players and, and people to sign on with they'll have a shoe but people are like, oh man, you get that you see that Under Armour joint <laughs> and <laughs> you know, the
1: whole, whole thing with the um the Kobe shoes and him and Nike or you know his estate in Nike. Yeah. It's um, definitely a, a pocket in the league to, to get in where you fit in. Man,
0: yeah, Puma's Poo had a history, and they, they're they a pretty creative brand. I think they've worked with some good people. Like here in Chicago, they've connected with a guy like Dave Jeff, mm-hmm. and he's really done a lot to solidify, you know, them in the sort of urban market, uh, you yeah. know, the the, the, the I'm saying the clothing, urban clothing, or whatever you want to call
1: it. With. Yeah, I think the thing my man from, um, man, this had to be when I was in high school, like early 2000s. I can't think of his name. He played basketball at King High School, man. And he actually, I think you going want to say he got a deal with Puma. What is my man's name? He was a point guard. Is it Griffin? Nah. Oh,
0: he wasn't a point guard. What was his name, man? Oh. I can't remember his name. He was there back in the early 90s. No, no, no. This is like uh, early two thousands. I want to say. Oh, he was playing ball then, and he got that. A deal. Thing, yeah, uh, wow. man, I'm about to look that up. Yeah, look, yeah, look that up. I'm trying to trying to remember that too. Who was popping at that point? Because yeah, mm-hmm. early nineties king, eighties king. That was man, shit. That was that deal, you be. thought they would have got some deals back then where they was playing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, anyway.
2: Like Freddie.
0: anyway let's you know as as drew looks that up uh (laughs) i'm trying to let me get this let me get this thing up and he it's like a oh man but it's like what Mm hmm it's
1: like what I'm just trying to think of this dude's name. I can't think of his uh, name.
0: It try, you try to look it up. You can't. I'm just gonna get the show going because it's having <laughs> like a good, pretty meandering start. Nope.
1: <laughs> no, problem. Man. no problem. Don't mind me when I cut y'all off, man. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, whenever
0: you whenever, when you get the name, just jump in with it. I don't. Man, I don't care. Because now I'm fascinated, but I, I got to get the show going. So no, no, no problem. Anyway, man. uh. Uh, Chris, what what are your thoughts, if if any? I know you've been you've been going on trips and stuff. So I don't know how much basketball you've been watching, but that, what 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 have been your thoughts on? No, just oh, just going back to last week. Really, let's start with that. Like I said, we because we weren't, we weren't here for you know the playing stuff. We end up getting, of course. Uh, out of the, you know, the winners of the play-in in the West wound up being uh, the 7th seed, uh Lakers getting the 7th seed. And we're we going to go over each round as it's playing out now in a little while. But, uh, you know, the Lakers in the 7th seed get to play number two, Phoenix. And uh, the 8th seed, I, I thought Golden State would hang on, but, you know uh, – uh, Memphis showed itself, again, pretty tough young team, and they, you know, grinded out that win uh, against Golden State to get that eight seed in there. In the Utah series now, which is, you know, seeming pretty, you know, has a sh- bit of intrigue, fair share of intrigue in that series. In the East, uh, you know, uh, I was really liking Washington. Uh thought they would get the seventh seed, you know, but uh, they kind they of fumbled away that first game against Boston and, uh, you know, Boston winds up getting the seven seed and they're just being massacred right now by the Nets. But, uh, you know, uh, Washington wind, winds up with the AC and, uh, you know, as expected, not li- really looking to be in, in the radius of the realm of, uh, of top seeded Philadelphia. So, you know, we get these four teams not unlike you know, probably take away the Lakers, which isn't the typical seven seed. The other three teams are more in the range of what you would typically get from this this class of team. You know, low, you know, low playoff seeds. The lowest of the low, and uh, you know, it's, it's not going to make much of a difference, I think, in the playoffs. These teams are going to be in and out for the most part. And uh, but the drama we got from those games, especially. That LA Golden State game was it enough to make you deem that whole experiment a success? You know, the Adam Silver is already talking about getting in this mid season tournament that he's also talked about now too. So I'm feeling it seems that he's encouraged by the end. You know, what do you What do you guys thoughts uh, on this first experiment with the regular season play?
2: Uh, I I think. <laughs> It was it was a mixed bag. I was I, I've been a casual like I know we we here to talk about basketball. I understand that, but I am I am probably the most casual of a fan of of the NBA as I've been since the mid two thousands. And it's um, I kind of go as the Bulls go, so I think that's part of it, just the lethargy. But in terms of the stuff that I was most interested in watching, it was it was Western Conference, and that's not to say anything about the East. Uh, LaMelo and the, and the Hornets got a lot of nice pub because of, uh, one, their play. The Hornets are are, um, are a nice team to watch when they're clicking. Yeah. And they got uh, their announcer, Eric Collins, who became the media darling of the last few weeks. He exploded, even though, you know, how things go. He had been working for years. A uh, dude that posts random baseball highlights actually put up video of when he was the Dodgers TV guy. And it was pretty much the same. So he's he's y'all. If y'all don't know, Eric Collins has been working hard, and y'all didn't. He didn't just come out of nowhere. But anyway, I think the games that were really exciting were in the Western Conference. So, in that regard, it was successful because you got um, John Morant up against a you know the Spurs that we're not used to seeing, but still a a a Spurs team that, that was tough out, and then the Lakers-Warriors classic, and then Josh kind coming of coming-of-age party in that game against uh, Golden State. So it was cool in that you had real danger for the seven seeds, um, which who ended up going out, uh, or the eight seed, I suppose, who ended up going out uh, in Golden State. And then Memphis got in the tournament, uh, got in the playoff tournament, the actual playoff tournament, when ordinarily they would have been out of it. So you have that chance for teams. And it's kind of like I was, I was talking to some people. It's kind of like that first four that started with the NCAA, uh, where they had the, the, the games on the 11 line as well as the 16 line. And a few of those 11-seeded teams ended up making deep runs in the tournament because uh, presumably they, had, they were in playing shape Rather than just coming off of uh, you know three or four days of practice leading up to the tournament, they had to play that game, and I know a lot of people say there's kind of get your you're in that mode, you're in you're in fight mode for the duration of the tournament. Um, well, I, I don't know if any of those teams went to the to the comp to the actual final. So in 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 the same way, I don't know if any of these teams is going to go to the finals. Uh, but will it be entertaining? Yeah, you got Memphis playing Utah. Two still young point guards spearheading their squads, and they're going to be going at it. Um, and some nice role players. Jonas Valanciunas is still a nice player from Memphis, and um, everybody will either make their MVP case for Rudy Gobert or shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> uh, on the other side, um, there was a, there was a Ringer article that I didn't get a chance to read yet, but um, how how the war, the um, the Wizards didn't just call it a season the last couple weeks and they ended up making the 8th seed. So they're probably going to get ran by the Sixers, but who knows? They could expose some more of those Sixers flaws that he, that might be still under the surface. And and we'll get to see Russell Westbrook in the playoffs is which yeah. is always good. Which is always good, you know, even if he's satisfied with his career and doesn't really really care about winning a championship, we know that he's going to give you 116%. Yeah. Uh, so I I think they're definitely going to keep it. Uh, I, I don't think there was never a question of that. Uh, the, the, the regular season tournament, I'm, I'm interested to see, because once we get later in the show, I know we're going to talk some WNBA. They got this Commissioner's Cup deal, which is like um, there's there's other there's other things that, that do it in the same way. But the regular season games count towards this record, and then the best two teams play. I don't know if they're going to do it like that in the NBA. But uh, it'll be interesting. I would expect
0: it to be more involved. I, I like what the WNBA is doing, you know, in regards to that structure. But I, I would think that there will be more of a tournament type thing, at least for, like, a short term. And, you know, that, that it involved more teams. Because I think that was the key with this playing thing is that it allowed most of the league outside of, like, a very short – uh, sampling of it, like four, three or four or five teams were still playing meaningful games going into the that last Saturday or even Sunday. And, you know, talking about the Bulls, like, sure. Bulls played way longer. It was way more attention given to the Bulls and their chance at the playoffs than they deserve. And it was because of this play So, you know, it, yeah, like you say, Chris, it's, it's kind of the the book is probably is pretty much already written there, and and we're gonna that's gonna be something that we're gonna be getting used to as NBA followers uh, going forward. Uh, it, Drew, I think uh, going off of some of what Chris said in regards to Memphis, I, and I think a lot of people are sort of seeing this. You know, I, it's not this it's not necessarily something that the NBA has said as Adam Silver, but I think commentators and, and the like are saying that this is also sort of being used to build up new stars and, uh, put, you know, put the spotlight on guys who, uh, you know, new guys to come up and play more games, have more games where you can play when they're in meaningful situations. John Morant would seem to be the guy who is benefiting most of that. Do you think that with those games that he played uh, last week and, and leading into this week now playing more against the number one seed, you know, is he in a position to set himself up as the next real star in the league? I think absolutely. I don't think there's any,
1: any doubt about that. Um, he's got the whole package. He's got the game. He's got the personality. He's got the, the feistiness on the court, um, you know, letting people know what he did, when he did it against the Warriors and in that uh, game against Utah, that first game against Utah. Um, so he has, you know, he is already a star. It's just a matter of getting the wins to back it. Uh, I think, you know, that, that spot of the play you know, debatably was, was put in place in the bubble to try to get Zion in that same role. Uh, but that team, their roster, the Pelicans have, is just kind of oddly constructed. Um, and now you're hearing that talk about Stan Van Gundy and bad vibes in the locker room and mm-hmm. this and that. Um, but I definitely see um, – ja probably benefiting the most of the young stars who were in who had had an opportunity to play in the the play-in and to chris's point he made a great point uh just the fact that the western conference playing games are much better than the east but i think it just falls back to this what it is in the nba in general you know the east is very top heavy so those playing games kind of almost by default are going to be lacking. And I think, I want to say, all the playing games on the Eastern side were blowouts, you know, classified as, you know, 10 or more points. Um, I believe
0: believe so. It wasn't really a compelling game in the East. Like, Charlotte Charlotte just really didn't come, show up to their game at all. And Indiana, as well as they played in that first game, they just didn't have it in that second game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it it was it, it, it didn't really work for the East teams. I think we're dealing with lesser teams yeah. in in so many ways and and you know this is just nothing that we knew was going to match up to the uh, the Golden State LA game. Like were you guys were you guys surprised at just how much it came through as a defense? You know it, the ratings were there. They you know they they set some records or near records. You know, not that we really care about that, but a lot of people did watch the game and it was a late game too at that. But it just, as a, you know, as a pure basketball game, it, it delivered, you know, what, what were your guys thoughts on, on how that went about?
2: With well, which specific game?
0: The, the Laker, goal to State game.
2: I mean, following from my, my purse, which was secondhand, um, it seemed like it lived up to to the billing that you would expect. I mean I think it was it was good because Steph has had some disappointing performances, not in the playoffs, but when he was matched up with LeBron previously, which was in the finals. And it was always a, you know, a Steph versus Braun kind of thing because Steph was when when the Cavs were playing the Warriors in those uh, three or four straight. Those four straight finals. Yeah. There was this undercurrent of Steph. Just you know, the cream, the cream rising to the top. Shout out. Um, I can't do it right. I can never do that thing. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking
0: about. He did the the macho baby. Right? Yeah,
2: I, I don't know
0: how he did that.
2: <laughs> but um, it was that that undercurrent of of Steph, just. Ushering in his own era of, of offensive basketball and, and uh, the double entendre is kind of meant there. Uh, and, and LeBron, kind of challenging LeBron for that best player in the world um, mantle. Yeah. And Steph, even when the Warriors won, it was, you know, it could be written off like, oh, Brown didn't have any help. Kyrie and Love got hurt. And then they won the next year because Steph choked. And then they got Durant, and so it was a wrap. Like there's no way you're beating Steph, Clay, and Durant. So, for for them to to perform the way they performed, and for for Steph to just you know make make bucket after bucket after bucket, and then for LeBron to hit that three that he did at the end, for um, for a, a one off, it's about as exciting as it gets. And I I, I you know I got to come back to WNBA again. It's funny because. Normal uh, the the WNBA has had that structure for a minute. Once they eliminated conferences, where those first two rounds are a one a one and done, and yeah. a lot of a lot of fans don't like it because of the fact that somebody goes home automatically. So this I don't know how you would do it, but if you switch up the structure, I think they would need expansion to do it too, which is a thing that's on the table. Yeah. But you you had a one and done game like this. Which you've had a couple that uh, that Chicago Las Vegas game was a nail biter two uh, three years ago, and, or two years ago. Sorry, yeah. if you get games like that in the NBA on a regular basis, I mean, it, like I said, it lived up to the hype, it was hyped up as, as two of the greatest in the world, and it lived up to the billing.
0: Yeah, uh, it, is, it is interesting you mentioned the perception of LeBron not having enough help you know he had he definitely had good people around him in those uh, final series with with Steph but he didn't have the guys who Steph had and um you know sort of reverse now where you know LeBron has you know AD and he has this you know nice uh you know a uh, set of role players who you know, high level role players and stuff. It's Steph really had nothing in that in that game. Like he, you know, outside of a couple bursts from, uh, you know, from from Wiggins and you know a couple other couple of their role guys made some plays. You know, uh, in 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 uh, Draymond played a he played a masterful defensive game, mm-hmm. and you know he did, – but he he didn't score. You know he can't. You can't. You know expect him to score in, in situations like that. He's not gonna. He's not a value scorer at all. He's not gonna. You know uh, hit clutch shots for you and stuff like that. So I just stopped. man, if he had any type of help, maybe all he would have needed was Kelly Oubre. I don't know, but if you know, or 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 the uh, the rookie Wiseman, you know, if he just had one of those players, he probably would have won that LA game. And they probably wouldn't have had to deal with Memphis, but you know that's that's shows you the type of play that Steph had really for the whole month plus, you know, the the, the final month of the season. He's 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 just been amazing, but uh, yeah, it, he he pretty much was doing it all by himself. And both and it continued into that that Memphis game too. He just couldn't, he just didn't have enough uh around him to beat either one of those teams even though they were both they were both there to be beaten you know yeah i I wonder and these these guys are pros i don't
1: ever want to question somebody's desire i guess but coming off of that high of playing the lakers like you said it was such an event it almost felt like a A championship game and then it's like okay we lost now we got to play memphis yeah,
0: nowhere near as much third place game. Yeah, <laughs> like, you, you play, yeah, was, yeah like you play, yeah, yeah, like plays a semifinal to get a championship game, but instead of that, you play the third place game. Yeah, this is definitely a letdown. Could have been the case for sure. For sure. Yeah, but you know, I, I, you know, we look at the series and how they played out. Now, uh, you know, the the proper series one through eight, and. uh you know, starting in the West, you know, you got uh, two games now in that 2-7 series, which seems to be the uh, the premier series, of, uh, the spotlight series of the West Conference first round. Uh, you know, L.A. Uh, Lakers, you know, LeBron came back strong in that second game. A.D. definitely came back strong after a disappointing first game. They lose on Sunday, uh, L.A.D., a lot of people have to though. I've never heard of a seven seed being so favored against a two seed in, in in a first round series, but that's that's the case. I mean, they are the defending champ. They have LeBron. They have the two. They're the the, the two best players on on the court, you could say, at any given time. But I, I just thought there was a really a lot of a lack of talk about Devin Booker coming into the this, this series, and he's shown in both of those games why. You know he needs to be. He, he always needed to be seen as a factor of the series. Uh, you know he in the in the first game it came together more in the way that they wanted to with him and Aiden uh, inside outside game. They had to deal with uh, you know Chris Paul not playing a, a certain amount of that game because of his injury midway through, but he was able to finish it at least. And you know here in, the, in game two he couldn't even finish the game. You know, we'll get into that in, in, in a little bit, but you know, uh, to the rescue in Game Two at least was was your old friend campaign. Chris and
2: Champagne he, and Campaign.
0: Yeah, he was Champagne and campaigning again, man. He was. It's amazing the way he's turned this. It was a tweet uh, I think Alex Kennedy put up about him being in China like a year and a half ago, and you know he was, you know. He was like on his way out of professional basketball, at least in America. And, you know, after, you know, the Bulls, of course, couldn't do anything with him. But I don't think it's it said as much about the Bulls as it does. You no, know, that, that's one situation where the Bulls tell on themselves as much as they tell on the player. But, you know, he, 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 he failed here. He didn't, he never really got going in, in Oklahoma City. And, you know, he was out the door just about, but, you know, for him to be like that number two guy in that, and you know, behind Chris Paul, that point guard now, and making the plays that he's making in the playoffs against LA and stuff, like it's it's amazing to see, man. It, you know, shout out to him, man, for having the wherewithal to keep fighting and you know, secure himself a place on a good team. But uh, you know, the talk right now, of course, after that game too, is that you know, the Lakers are back in control of the series because they are going back home to uh, the Staples Center. Maybe maybe they'll be an L.A. team that can find a way to win at, at Staples Center. We, you know, I don't know if that's, that seems to be too much for the Clippers to ask of the Clippers, but, uh, you know, the Lakers seem to do a better job of winning there. And um, You know, say 1-1 home court advantage is essentially theirs right now. You know, I I, I still don't see them as an overall favorite, but they seem to be a favorite by default because they are the defending champs and people just look at LeBron and say, wait, LeBron, you're going to at least get to the finals. But, you know, how how do you guys feel about the West? I I put it in the rundown. Like, who the hell is going to win West? Because, you know, I've I've sort of felt this way for a couple of days, but Monty Jones uh, worded it pretty eloquently today on Highly Questionable. I was watching that a couple of hours ago and he's like he doesn't, He hasn't remembered a time when the West has been in his opinion so up in the air either in the playoffs and I, I say I say that because I've, I felt that way and I think he's, he's saying that too because the top two seeds have been for the longest time Phoenix and Utah and neither of those teams are like Looking at the Lakers when they're number one seed, or you know, when Houston was a number one seed a couple of years ago, or you know, Oklahoma State or San Antonio when they were still playing well, like it seemed like a different energy was coming from those top seeds, from those and those teams in those years than what we're getting with these teams. Maybe it's the maybe it's the mountain time zone thing. Maybe that's what makes us overlook. Who cool. I don't know, but at the same time, when you look at Phoenix, Phoenix is a team that just they haven't they haven't had much playoff experience. They haven't had any playoff experience in the past ten years. You no, know, uh, their whole turnaround has been centered. You no, know, they've done a lot of work outside of pricking up Chris Paul, but he's just really been that uh, that battery that's. Uh, got them into this playoff, this playoff this year, after again ten years of not making it to the postseason. Utah is a team that makes it to the postseason often, and they don't do much. So, you know, you look, you're more likely to look at a team like a Denver under them or Clippers. You know, people had hope in the Clippers prior to this week, yeah, uh, and of course going down to Portland and that, like all the scenes – you could look at hopefully in some way in the West, but you can also the the next second say, "I oh, ain't gonna do nothing because of this history or that or whatever." And like it, it goes to the point where you really can't look at anybody above a number seven seed and say that they have a better chance of winning the West than them. I, at least that's how what I think. You know, is that what y'all think?
2: I, I want to push back a, just a bit, Drew, uh, and then go. I'll let you go on. I mean, Chris Paul is, is the guy um, outside of Devin Booker. Obviously, Devin Booker is the scoring threat, but Chris Paul, like you said, is kind of the battery, and in, in Phoenix is back. But they do yeah. have Jay Crowder, who's been to the playoffs a few times. Yeah, even even yeah. this is this is Cam this is Cam's third playoff uh, appearance, um, and he got ten games with the with the Thunder. Um, playing some time and they had I don't know if they still have one Moore on a, in a regular role but so they're not like fresh they're, they, they yeah. got some guys who can at least tell them hey don't just be happy to be here
0: definitely I definitely I, I uh, that's I'm glad that's good you brought that up but outside of Paul like I said nobody's played meaningful playoff bits outside of Paul really I Crowder Crowder too but you know like you said Paid hey, has been on playoff teams, but he hasn't really been asked to do anything until this year. And each Moore has been a couple, you know, he's, he, he's good experience. But yeah, I, I I think when you talk about the key players, the key contributors that they need to overtake a team like the Lakers, we're talking about Mikael Bridges and uh, you know, Aiden and Booker and the like, you know, even the Dario Sarek. Well, Sarek got his experience too, I should say. But you know, he had experience with Philly, so. Yeah, they they that's been part of their build. They got they've melded in players, more experienced players with their with their young guys. So yeah. But you no, know, I think a more experienced team and a more confident team, maybe they overtake the Lakers yesterday. You know, because the Lakers put loud them back in that game. And they allowed it back with campaign and not Chris Paul. So, you know. If Chris is if Chris isn't injured, do they take that guy you No know, good chance they do. So. Yeah, I I'd, I'd agree with you in
1: in that regard. I mean, obviously, you know that's that's the that's the point guy out there, and it's whoever whoever's got the voodoo doll on on Chris Paul, man. Just please sit it down, leave it alone, man. This dude it's a long history,
0: story, man. Yeah,
1: it's rough injury luck in the playoffs. Um, I will say this though, like I still feel like. It's, it's the Lakers Western Conference Championship to lose.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I don't see even with the healthy Chris Paul, I was already picking LA over um, the Suns. I was picking LA over you know who would they, who they would meet from the Denver Portland series. Um, I just think you know I'm just banking on basically the the championship experience that they have and LeBron and AD of course and them going to that. Uh, lineup with AD at the five and LeBron at the four, and you got three shooters uh, on the court with them uh, and three guys in it could be Caruso sh- uh shooter and um, KCP, you know, guys that can shoot the ball and, all- and who can also defend on the perimeter. So it's just, it's, it's just hard, man. It's, it's, it's hard to match up with those guys. But at the same time, I'll be interested to see throughout this series with Phoenix. And as they move forward, like the little chess matches that are happening, uh, as I've gotten older, it's just been kind of cool to see that just in general in these playoff games. It's just how how coaches tweak things moving forward and how the other team uh, responds to it. But I still think the Lakers coming out of the West has got to be the the kind of the default. You know what I mean? Like nobody's gonna be surprised.
0: Yeah, it, I mean it's, it's again it's just weird. It's a seventh, seven seed. <laughs> like defending champ. I think, we, I think one year Houston, in the yeah. second year, they, they were like a six seed. Yeah, Yeah. so mm-hmm. it's like we've seen something like this before, but it's still like nobody was expecting them that year either. It was like, you know, probably Seattle or, or Utah or something like that. Or, you know, maybe Phoenix that year was pretty good too. But, you know, it's, it's, you can't expect a, a team that low to overtake the conference, you know, unless there's major issues with every team above them, and you know, uh, and if we could break it. Like I say again, we could break it down team by team. You know, Dallas. What do they have around them outside of Luka? What does what does Paulin have around them outside of of, uh, of Dan? You know, the the damn Clippers are the uh just probably everything is in their head right now because they. They foolishly want to, yeah, they, they're just trash. They foolishly put themselves in a the position to be to play Luca again, knowing that they got nothing for him. And you know, and like I said, the top two teams are who they are. You know, Denver is very talented, like all you know, up and down the roster. Denver's probably got as much talent as any team, but they also don't have Jamal Murray, you know, for the rest of the season, so it's like. You know, I think looking at the series as they as they are expected to play out, the Lakers. Okay, they say they get this win, they would play they would play that Denver team in the next round, mm-hmm. and then that would put them on the other side of the bracket from the four or five winner in the number one. So you talking about maybe Dallas and. Um, Let's just say Utah pulls it out against uh you know against uh uh Memphis. So I really think Dallas could probably knock off Utah. I I, I just don't know. Utah has their issues with Don with, with Donovan Mitchell right now. So it's like, you know, who knows if they're gonna be able to take control of this series. Tonight they have their game with, with second game with Memphis. They may be one and one in that series. Uh, coming out of of their home games in Utah, so it's, it's just not a team out there. That was like, man, they, you know that 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 they're gonna get to the to the finals at least the conference finals. Except for the La- the Lakers is the only team that anybody could say that with some <laughs> with some confidence about. So mm-hmm. you could get the Lakers against Dallas in the conference finals, maybe. You know, like I say, just off the top of the head, that's how I would probably run it. And that would be great for the league, Luca against LeBron. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, are you are we fearing Dallas knocking them off? It's like it's gonna be interesting, though.
1: Yeah, I think me, you, and and Gabe, we uh, we um exchanged some some tweets, uh, the night the night of that Laker Golden State playing, where we were just talking about man, you Utah and Phoenix, and you got to deal with this number seven or this
0: number eight. It's like no favors over there at all. Yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> that's that the seven the game for the seven seed. It was specifically on Phoenix. It was like, yeah, you got to play one of these teams. We all we all excited and happy about the game that we see and all these, you know, LeBron hitting forty footers and stuff. But you know, you got to play that Phoenix, and and now Phoenix is knowing like just what that means to try to knock off LeBron in a first round. You know, yeah, that that's a hell of a challenge either way, trying to knock off a LeBron or or Steph Curry in the first round, man. Yeah. yeah. But That's, you know, we'll see, though. We'll see about that. Um, I, so I'm sort of holding off more Eastern Conference talk for Friday's show because uh, we're going to do that right before the uh, – the well, actually, the Hawks-Knicks the – the next Hawks-Knicks game, which they're playing now, that's going to be going on Friday – when we're doing the show, I hate doing these shows while the games are on, you know, but you know, there's really no choice but to, especially in the first round. We got two games on right now, you know, Washington and Philly have re- been resorted to the NBA TV. Before we go into uh, the WNBA stuff, right quick, because me, Drew, me, you, and Gabe was talking about that today, or was that today or yesterday or something? I'm losing track of time, but uh. We were talking about how games are being relegated to, to them. You know, every there's always a series that we know is going to be that NBA TV series. And usually it's a series that has like Memphis in it or Toronto. If Toronto was in the playoffs, they would certainly be. That's the only thing about the East this year is that there's no Toronto was in the playoffs this year. So we don't know exactly who's the NBA tv series this year Mm -hmm. like philly philly shouldn't be in the they're the number one seed and they're playing washington with two great stars but they're being relegated to the nba tv game and i don't like milwaukee usually is a good bet for nba tv too in the first round i don't know if they're going to be in if they got an nba tv game i don't know but you know it's it's hard it's it's hard for the, the league to navigate these things. They have to make choices and of course they prioritize certain markets and certain players over another. Mm-hmm. I think that they should look into more of this it's not it's not a perfect solution or may might not be much of a solution at all, but what it does if if they were to look into the streaming area of things, streaming exclusives. Like uh, what the NFL is is doing more of now with their what they've done with their their recent uh, uh, TV deals that they've signed off on, they're actually bringing a whole package of their games, that Thursday night games, to Amazon Prime. You know, as they continue to take over the world. Uh, but I think the NBA may want to look into another similar thing because if you if even if you like. The, the the really the first round of the playoffs is the only place where you have these sort of issues where you can have games layered on top of each other and two two games that you want to see playing bumping against each other playing at the same time and whatnot. You know it, it clears up of course when you eliminate the teams and you have less teams and going uh, in the future rounds. But you know even at a time like this, you know you could have something where. Instead of a game just being available on NBA TV, and NBA TV isn't always that easy to get, whether you're a cord cutter or or having, you know, you still have the, uh, the the original cable or whatever, the OG cable. You gotta call it the OG cable because it's usually your OG that makes you get it, you know, because they don't want to deal with streaming, you know, they 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 it's too beyond them, but uh, it's uh. You know, whether you like I say NBA TV is not always that easy to get, but if you had NBA TV streaming to Amazon or the uh, you no, know, or on Twitter or Facebook, you no, know, if you had a streaming, you know, you could do the two screen thing pretty easy, you know, easier than you could if you, you know, watch just try to watch something on TNT and NBA TV, you know. Right. But you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I said, Julia. I don't know if you had, like, you was in the discussion. Do you got any thoughts
1: on that? Nah, nothing really more to add. I mean, you, you're right. Like it's, it's kind of just is what it is for that first round. Um, for them to be able to adopt the NFL's model, that'd be interesting to see if they, if they do that. I'm, I'm surprised we haven't heard more talk about them, uh, possibly implementing that system. But I mean, it kind of is what it is. It, it sucks that, you know. A lot of us had to decide whether or not we were gonna we were gonna
0: watch the Lakers and Suns or the Clippers and Mavs. Um, yeah, that that was the one yesterday, and they both wound up being good games too. Mm-hmm. So, either tonight is not so much of a, of an issue. Atlanta and New York is going at it, you know. Then that's the game that I think TNT knew that more people will have interest of, especially especially following that first game on Sunday. Um, okay, if
1: anything. You can throw uh, Brooklyn and Boston on NBA TV, man. Like,
0: <laughs> Well, that's what I was to say. The competition is low in that game, of course, in that series because, you know, Boston's got nothing for Brooklyn. Philly is up uh, 17 on Washington. That, that's one good thing they're doing on TNT. They have the other score, the other game up um, mm-hmm. the entire time. So you could, you know, but, you know, they say Philly's up 17, so there's really no need to – Watch that game. You can just keep up with the score in the quarter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Atlanta's up 10 on New York. They just started the second half. So there's, there's a chance that game could be competitive going. For, but I don't know, man. Atlanta, you know, another quick aside. Atlanta and Trey Young is playing purposefully. And Trey is looking like he wants to be that next guy, too. We talk, we're talking about uh, Ja and the. the, the the developing of new stars. Trey is looking like he wants to take advantage of this moment. He's just another jumper. He's he's telling he's telling New Yorkers to shut up. He's got the mayor coming at him. Like, this is nice. of course Spike Lee. Yeah Spike and everybody like this this could be a star making series for for Trey man. Yeah no 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 doubt. I mean
1: like again Another young player that's kind of built for these type of moments. He's—I feel like he's built to be a, a New York City villain. You know, he—he likes—he kind of thrives in <laughs> the type of environments coming from um, Oklahoma. So this—this this is right up his alley. I guess we shouldn't be surprised that they're kind of doing it to, to uh, New York through these first, you know, what
0: seven quarters. So yeah, he got twenty-four already, mm-hmm. and he might have another forty-point game. Side note, I
1: think y'all appreciate this. On Twitter, I want to say somebody compared Dylan Brooks to John Starks, and I can never unhear that. Like, I just look at him and see John Starks now. Come <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Yeah. No, uh, come on, man.
2: Nobody looks John Starks
1: John Starks bad, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I get it, though, from the sense of, like, just kind of he wants to be that that irritant, you know what I'm saying? He's gonna be the guy that gets booed in opposing arenas, man. Is you that know? his role now? D- Dylan Brooks? Yeah. Yeah, like he he's it's weird because he'll he'll score the ball for sure. He defend the hell out of the uh defend the hell out of the perimeter, uh throw his body out there, but yeah, he's
0: very much like in your face, man. I'm not i I'll be honest, I haven't done I've respected his game for what I've seen, but I haven't done much thinking of his role beyond, you know, simply, you know, being Dylan Brooks, you know, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, you need guys like that on these teams, like, you know, I think you spoke about the need of a guy like that on the Bulls to some degree.
1: Yeah.
0: But I think when you talk about playoff teams and you get, you do, you get into these tight games in the playoffs, these, uh, you know half court games and everything, and physicality is sort of ramped up and everything. You need a guy out there who's gonna thug it out sometimes. So, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Well, so that's Good for him. He, you know, and that's a team. You know, in a, in another era, that's they had about eight of those guys on that those man. old Bryant House teams. Man, <laughs> you had Tony Allen and. Is, you know, yeah, Randolph. Randolph. You know, he, Randolph was doing everything on Larry. Man, <laughs> he was he was doing everything on Larry. So mm-hmm. uh, he was, yeah, he he was just he was he was grindhouse personified. <laughs> that was, that's what that franchise built. They, you know, they to this day they they sort of try to keep that as a part of their, uh, you know, their their storyline and everything. So that's that's a squad that really wanted all the smoke for real. Yeah, and it's amazing that like that team that was really like a Cinderella team that that one that got to that uh, what year was that nine or ten I think that they got to the Western Finals they they played L.A. right
2: they I thought they played the Spurs one year
0: or oh, was it the Spurs okay I can't remember but yeah that year that that was definitely a Cinderella team that got to the Western Conference see. Are you looking at it, Drew? I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm slow with it. You gave up on the King guy? No,
1: nah, right? Amari Sawyer. Oh, okay, yeah, oh, yeah, he was a,
0: yeah, he was a,
1: <laughs> and he got a deal with Puma. I didn't, I remember. Yeah, I remember reading the Slam mags, and he had a, he had a little, you know, a page in there. Uh, I thought that was dope, you know. Being a high school kid, it was like not, it was like 2000, 2001 ish. I want to say,
0: okay, yeah, you should yeah. Playoffs, playoffs. Let's get that right quick. We move on, Well, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it might be a little minute. Hold on, <laughs> y'all, y'all. Keep going. Let's just let's just get into uh the WNBA stuff because we talk we're talking about disrespect and people calling each other out and stuff. You know, I I I would I'd imagine, you know, nothing nothing that that Young might have said to the crowd. Well the crowd was saying F Trey Young, apparently. You know, I I wonder what where does that rise to the level of how how does that match up with either uh, calling a black man boy or uh, calling a woman who isn't 300 pounds, 300 pounds? You know, I I, I wonder where those would be, Chris. I'm
2: not laughing at the 300 pounds thing. Uh, I'm laughing at the idea that that professional athletes don't hear fuck you and some (laughs) – that's not that bad, man, (laughs) especially for New York. I was I was in yeah, New York right. on Saturday at a white. You should be getting Yankee that game. coming into
0: the house. You should be getting coming to the stadium,
2: right? Just to prepare, right? Just yeah. just for preparation. It's like, hey, as soon as you get in the crib, we are gonna yell at you. you
0: fuck you, dude.
2: <laughs> just so you're ready for the game. Just okay, then
0: you the you, yeah, you you said you I, you I saw you about to miss that You were at Yankee Stadium. And exactly. they, they
2: said, fuck Jose Altuve five times in a game where Jose Altuve was not even playing. Yeah, I'm
0: a, he's not a white sock. Yeah. No, they
2: they will never let that go. So the fact they that just they were cussing saying, out the Houston, Jose,
0: They just cussing but, out Houston players, and they ain't even playing Houston.
2: It's, it, it, it's cut deep for them. Wow. It's cut real
0: deep. I, I would uh, like to think that they would say that to, uh, you know, to, to to Jose Abreu or something, something like that. I get you know, know what that they would give up, get up, but see they couldn't even get up any ball for the Sox because the Sox didn't do anything in that series. So.
2: <laughs> it was it was close, right? Like I didn't go to the Friday or Sunday game. Saturday was just a washout. Mm-hmm. So the, the Sox got to get on there on that level right now, and that'll take a little bit of time. But um, they've back been, against
0: the Cardinals pretty
2: well, but yeah, you know, it'll come. But it, I mean, it's a
0: little dis- discerning to see them play that way against the Yankees because they they had to see them possibly in the playoffs too. You know, so. yeah, but it's still May. Yeah, it's well, still
2: me. on the on the W stuff. Um,
0: but yeah, let, let me just lay, lay out. You know, I'm, the the references I made mentioned the things I made reference to that. Uh, you know, they're two two stories that uh, you know rose to the level of. Uh, Crossover uh, talk and everything in sports this week had to do with sort of disrespect on the court uh, from coming from different directions. Like uh, Liz Cambage of, of the Vegas Aces, you know, got you know she was doing a thing against uh, it was a Connecticut team, right? Mm-hmm. And their coach, you know, was trying to appeal to the to the refs in some way and saying. That you know, they need to call her different because she's three hundred pounds, apparently. You know, uh, uh, and and she, you know, of course, she called with the dad, and she's not one to uh, to you know do away with the smoke. She only inflames it online if she gets a chance. And she lit the dude up and uh, spoke her piece. And you know, I think most people on the side in regards to this, you know, there was some corny columnists in. Connecticut yeah uh, who who was mad about her mentioning that the Miller guy is white which he is but you know but he I guess he felt you know that white men were being infringed upon uh in in her by her responding to that part until
2: he finds out he's gay <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. oh, this is no <laughs> 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 one of those Archie, Archie Bunker type situations <laughs> where he thinks he's he think he cool with a white dude, then he finds out that he was against the Vietnam War. He's like, What? <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't even know the guy was gay. But uh, you talking the coach, right? From,
2: from- yeah, Curry, He's the only. Um, he's the only. As far as I know, he's the only openly gay coach in the league. I might be wrong on that, but I, as far as I know, he is.
0: And that's that's very not stereotypical. I have to say because you know that that's that type of statement that he made. Sort of, it, I would see Bland saying something like that, like <laughs> he's like, "Come on, it's three hundred pounds," <laughs> <laughs> but like a gay dude, like you know, I, I, I'm trying not to just do a cheap <laughs> You think they would be more, you know, uh, supportive of a, of a larger woman, you know, just and and, and you know, be more support him about the expression or whatever, but she, but he was, he was talking like a regular coach would, he was like, I said, he was appealing to the refs and he was, you know, in the heat of the moment, you know, saying what he said, I'm not giving cover to what he said or how he said it, but, it, you know, he, 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 he spoke, it, I don't know, does that, for y'all, does that fall into the realm of trash talk or is it, or is it more weaponized because Cambridge, In her video, spoke to more of a weapon weaponization, you know, and of course, a privilege that was allowed by him as a coach to say something to a player that a player wouldn't necessarily say to a coach or or be allowed to say to a coach. So, you know, and of course, and and of course, there's there's that context of her again being a white man speaking this way towards a black woman and the and. He's a white man as a coach, an authority figure in the league that is, you know, powered by black women. So there's there's different layers to this. It's not just, you know, but in the general sense, would that fall under trash talk? Or would it, you know, could it be forgiven in that way? Or is it just like, you know, what this other thing we're gonna get to with James Wade, I think that's another realm. Yeah. But in this case, because there's also the 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 context of it, her size being a factor in the way that she plays and the way that people can play against her. So it is a factor on the court. So I don't know. Are you asking,
1: was uh, Kurt Miller's uh, comments or statement, was that trash talk?
0: Should that be considered trash talk? The, the, the statement that set everything off in the, in the moment where he's speaking to the refs and he's saying, like, watch her. She is of this of this weight.
1: No, no, I don't think that at all should be written up as trash talk. And I, you know, I, I say that I have to couch that by saying I don't have the audio. So I don't know, like, what else was said before and after that. Was he Did he say that pause and then say that? You know what I mean? Like, I, I understand you got to be sensitive to um, certain things in the W, certain things just in general in, in professional settings and that being a basketball game, that's you know, in, in a professional league as a professional setting. But I can't say that's trash talk. I would put that – if I'm choosing between the two, it would be more of a, you know, a classification for me as, as weaponizing it. Uh, but I don't think – I couldn't say it's trash talk because he's saying it to the ref in order to give his own team an advantage. Um, at least that's that's what I'm gathering from it. Uh, but I think it's just unnecessary, man. It's, it's it's another way you could have maybe gone about doing that
0: um even Liz he did he didn't have to say anything no. like any number or mm-hmm. not it's, ob- it's obvious the size advantage that she had that she does have over yeah. most players in the league without making any mention of a particular weight or anything like that. And I definitely agree. And and Liz, you know, I don't
1: she she threw that jab at the end, she threw that jab at the end, and I, I don't I don't I, you know. Not that I don't wish that she wouldn't have done that, but well, she didn't have to do that either. But I'm not mad at it all. You, she, she, and, and, she, and like I said, we know that she's yeah.
0: always up for the smoke.
1: So yeah, you, you came for it. You're gonna get what you're gonna get, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what, what Chris has to say. You guys are yeah. more attached to the W than I am. I'm just kind of getting my feet wet. So, then yeah, go ahead, Chris.
2: It's weird. There's, there's a, there's a few different layers to this. So. You're saying, okay, hey, she's 300 pounds. Like, you could just say, like, she's big. You could just say, like, she has her way in there. Um, I'm not a professional coach. I coach amateur, right? But the one thing I'm not doing when I'm asking for a call is talking about another player. I'm not talking about a player on the other team. Like, if, if I have a player who's big, or if I have a player who's small, I'm going to talk to the coach, like to the, to the referee, depending on the call. Like, Hey, you can't like, if I'm, if I'm being like jovial about it, I'm talking just the re- to the referee. It's like, you can't call that on her. She's like five foot two. Like you can't say that she just knocks somebody down like that mm-hmm. or, or vice versa. It's like, yo, you got to give her some leeway. They just, they're hold, they're like jump, jumping on her back basically. But I don't know if I have the leeway to talk specifically about another player on a team unless I'm going to the referee um, myself. Like, I'm not going to say it to that player. I'm not going to disrespect a player like that. However, the fact that Wade is involved is, is – um, and that Liz brought this to light about Wade seems somewhat like um, gamesmanship, considering there was a game with the Sky two years ago when Chicago and Las Vegas, who have a kind of – a more than the fans have a rivalry – like, the fans of both teams kind of dislike each other. But they had a game in in Las Vegas where Liz called Steph Dolson a fat ass. Like, this is straight-up documented. Like, on camera, you could catch it. And Cheyenne Parker tried to step, too. And she was like, yo, you're not going to get away with that. And so there was a lot of beef, and fans were going back and forth. So it's kind of pot kettle for Liz to get upset about somebody talking about her weight, <laughs> especially when she says, like, uh, in this video I'm proud of my weight you know being 235 but then you call somebody who was listed who's been listed for years at 221 a fat ass yeah. you you know you can't really you got to keep the same energy for it you got to understand that people are and a lot of people haven't really gone back the people at the next that I'm with did remember I don't know how much has been made of it um if the Connecticut com- columnist had actually done his homework, that would have been a much better article for him to write instead of somebody, instead of saying that a white woman might tell her next. You got to get off that plantation mentality in Connecticut of all places.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, but I, I think, I think it's, it's, it's got some layers to it. I, I don't think it was right for the coach to do that um especially you, you you if you want if you want fouls you you got to figure out a different way to to talk to referees you got to do it in the flow of the game i understand that but it's like hey you you figure out a different way to say it you you got to because what might roll off somebody else's back is not going to be the same for somebody else and the w has more media attention more people are riding on it more major outlets are covering it which means there's more scrutiny a lot of players came out and said, "Hey, this—that's not the first thing he said." Mm. It was like um, players who were playing now, and players who uh, either have retired or just not on active rosters. So that was not the first thing he said. So um, there was this image of Kurt being kind of a a cool, like offbeat dude. Like he—he he always had like some wild shirts and outfits. And now you, you, got some, you got some shatters and, and cracks in that, in that glass. And I think that's going to start happening to a lot of people as the league gets more publicity. That's the that's, that's a side point, but I always say it. And I want to keep saying this to the people who listen to our show. This is not going to be your sport anymore. The band is blowing up. They're not just playing your local shows now. So you're going to have to deal with increased scrutiny. And a lot of the things that you think are are as such... Won't be won't be the same anymore, but
0: and and as particularly the scrutiny is going to be there, particularly because the league has fashioned itself as being a a, a place where uh you know forward thinking uh, forward thinking about uh, civil rights about you know human rights whatever you know and being uh an inclusive. Uh, a, a very inclusive league you know in regards to being a league that could have a, a gay male coach is a league that has many gay f- uh players in it that we and we know we know that to be the case and you know it's the WBA just uh, really sets itself apart in so many ways socially from the other main uh main sports uh, leagues and concerns in america so it, you know the you, you you don't want to be hypocritical in that way, you know. Cambridge apparently is willing to be a hypocrite in some ways, but even like some, you know, again, a lot of people still are riding with her in in this situation. So, you know, we you you gonna take up, you know, your positions that you take up, and you you know we we you can only get the respect that in the end that you demand, you know. And I I think that with with that said, I want to bring it over to the Wade case now. You know, we don't know. Do we know the ref that said this to uh, about him? Apparently, to call him a boy or refer to him as such.
2: Uh, not that I, not that I've seen.
0: Yeah, I'm seeing. I'm looking at the USA today report.
2: You, you can narrow it down to three referees. Right. So we because yeah, we know the <laughs> referees
0: that were in the game, right? But right. We don't know which one said to them exactly? But apparently, wh- which game was this? It was the. Uh, it was, uh, it the, was the game, game. yesterday.
1: Yeah, so I actually – I narrowed it down. I think I narrowed it down because it's two African-American <laughs> refs and it's another yeah. guy. Um, yeah. so it, had be, it had to be Isaac Barnett, right? Is that, is that who you guys are looking at? Let me uh, – because I, I had not honestly
0: done any digging on it. Is he, on he that. the one most likely to say boy? Uh, <laughs> I mean – Well, it's
2: because it, it, was, it was specifically, as he said it as, – as James Wade said it in the press conference, he said uh, one of the referees was like, you need to, you need to talk to your boy yeah is what was said and i guess if you it depends on on who's on the crew that and and drew if you if you've gotten like a timestamp, stamp i'll lay back but it's my thought would be who's most likely to use that as in a phrase like who's most like like come get your boy now something like that
0: right and, and that's that's something i want to get into too because like of course we all know it's black men that, you know, as Michael, as Michael Levin said, boy is a white racist word. Mm-hmm. And um, that's good times reference. <laughs> I hope, I hope there's enough young people who, that, reference <laughs> over, who watches, who, that reference flew over, who watch us, that reference flew over head, but boy is a white racist word, of course. And uh, it's been used for generations. It had been used, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of, it doesn't have the power that it did a hundred years ago, but it was, it was a way using that word, there were people there were people, white people would be decades younger than a black man and still called him boy. Right. And it's mostly because of a this whole thing of, of a this black person not being a man and not being worthy of being respected as a sir or in, in any way he's more there as just a, a, a someone you know, a shoe. You can say in the context of a of a person who's shining your shoes, or you mm-hmm. know, uh, shuffling along your your items in the you know uh, in in the back of a of a, of a train car, or something like that. You know, it, it's it's just it was a way to demean and and defuse you know black people and black men in particular. And so with for Wade, he has that history, he has that knowledge and that weight. Of that word, that when he hears something like that, but at the same time, in the in the way that is explained, that the that the word is used, you know, we all know from more modern use that you know, explain to your boy or well, hey, go talk to your boy. You know, it's a it's a very different way of usage. So, but again, like if if you're if you, if you. One, if you feel disrespect by a certain phrase or saying, you have all the right to do that, to to feel that disrespect. But you know, I don't know. Maybe just the person who used it just feels colloquially like that's how they use they use that phrase, which a lot of people use. You know, if you look, you watch P.T.I. like I still do. They they will bond and cordize and kind of say it to each other once a day. You know, talk if your boy uh did such and such when they move to a new discussion, a new player. You know, it's, it's you know, and they're they're very old people. So it's like but you know, it it's yeah, it's is there is a different he wasn't necessarily saying oh you know, with disdain, it seems like this ref, but way takes it he can only take it the way he takes it. I don't know. So I, I
1: think Oh, go ahead, Drew. Go ahead. No, I just no, I just I think I'm not now. I'm not really sure who I'm not really sure who it is, and I'm looking at it, and I, I, I just Andrew Barnett is, you know, Korean. It looks like, and the other two refs, really Kevin sure. he's from Brooklyn. So yeah. your boy seems like something he might <laughs> he say. be like yeah, but, uh, but, but not like, but, but not but not right right, but not like boy as in how right. you. Say it. It's more like. Better get your boy, like one at all. It may be James James way heard it
0: wrong. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to. You know. Like, I, or it could be. It's it's just one of those things where, like, some people, you know, f- you know, some people just can't hear certain things. You know, of course, yeah. I think the, the the easiest word is the N word, of course, for obvious reasons. So some people just cannot take that being used against them in any way, yeah. and you know, f- for, like I say, for obvious reasons. You know, maybe for Wade, boy has that same connotation. Even maybe for him, it's a, it's a three-letter word, you know, in that in that particular use, like that particular, that kind of way of use. It's, you know, if he he said, I'm not a boy, I'm a man. That's what he said in the, in the press, you know, he said in the, in, the, in the reports, like, I'm not a, I'm a grown man, Wade said. I have a family and I have a responsibility and I have a team and I have a responsibility. So when someone tells one of your players, explain to your boy yeah I take that personally, but that's what I've been dealing with and and this is where we this is where we get to something where I think it is more of an issue widespread with black authority figures, black male authority figures, even in sports where they are under they they're often undercut and disregarded, and they don't have the same authority given to them that is naturally given to white men. And so I think, for Wade, the guy who has risen up, and you know, uh, and he's risen up through the ranks as a coach and as a as a man of authority. You know, he doesn't he doesn't he's not here for any type of undercutting of that authority. And that's that's something that he, that he makes that he prioritizes and he holds precious. So, you know, that's what. uh I think that's what it boils down to, as much of the history of the the weaponization again of the word "boy" against black men in general. I, there's also that personal, you know, thing with with Wade, where he can he can correlate that with his own fight for respect as a as a man of authority in sports.
2: Yeah, um, you know, he's from Memphis, so he's right on that. Mason-Dixon line, and when everything was was going off last year with George Floyd, and um, yeah, he was very vocal, yeah. mm-hmm. and he talked about his personal experiences, and those were like those were legitimately personal. Like he was going somewhere as a coach, and somebody came up to him like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" At this, not knowing that he worked at the school, he was like, "Yo, you're a suspicious person in this parking lot," and had him on the hood of had him on the the, the trunk of the car, I think. So. You you know, there's it's kinda like how they, like you say, Kyle, there's there's certain words that might set us off. I had um like when what was it when Oh my gosh, I can't remember who did it, but somebody like patted Chris Paul on the head that one time and he was like not with it at all. Mm. And they were trying to squash something. It was it was one of the taller players. It wasn't Dirk. It wasn't it wasn't KP. I think I but, kind of
0: remember this, too. Yeah,
2: it sounds familiar. But um, and he talked about it afterwards. Like, they were trying to – they had a – I think there was a hard foul, and they were just trying to squash it. And was he Powell was, like, Gasol? right on the – who was it? Was it Pal Gasol? It might have been.
0: It might have been Pal. But was, that, that happened <laughs> – not to take it out of basketball, but that happened more recently, a couple of years ago, I think with Tariq Cohen. Yeah, I think they were playing the Saints, and a guy patted them on. So for short people, that's like, oh yeah, don't, yeah, don't pat short people on the <laughs> head if you don't want if you don't get some smoke thrown at you.
2: <laughs> and it's just you know, it's just things that the cast are sensitive about. Like I, if somebody calls, like I, I remember I had a thing with somebody calling me buddy or something like that. Like yo, I don't know okay. you, so I'm not your friend, something like that. Nobody's like, especially if I don't know you. And it's somebody who doesn't who doesn't know Coach Wade, right? Is somebody he doesn't know? So if, if y'all were like, hey, you know, it's like, come get your boy. Um, if y'all were like that, it's like, okay. And I don't know what context that would even be in, right? Nobody friendly said nobody says that in a friendly way, unless it's real, real clear. Like, hey, you yeah. need to talk to your boy, come get your boy. Your boy's out of pocket. Like that's not cordial. And for it to be from somebody that you don't know, which I think it usually is, is even a little, even more blatant, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I can understand him being upset. I only saw one comment on Twitter. It was like, yo, somebody needs to come and get him or calm him down or something like that. But ultimately, and I, I've had to learn this the hard way, communication is, you know, a sender and a receiver, right? So, there's there's a there's two parts, three parts to the message. Somebody sends it, it's transmitted, and then there's a receiver. And in the middle, you got noise. Mm. Um, so the receiver has just as much stake in what's said or what's communicated as the sender. So even if the sender might think that, hey, this is what I'm saying, the receiver's going to take it as, yo, they just said this to me, or they just did this to me so like you you (laughs) shake somebody's hand they might take it as and and you 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 shake somebody's hand in a certain way they might flash back to something like yo you're shaking my hand a little too hard or "Why's he got a limp or you got the little finger in there whatever that's a great point chris and so in in the same way you know we we can't say what we would do or how we should act or how take our experience and put it on him because, Kyle, like exactly you said, his experience is, is different from ours. So it might have seemed innocuous, but to him it's not.
0: Yeah. What, what do you all think about the refs being so, you know, cavalier in their speech too as well and sort of put put themselves at a position where they could instigate something that didn't need to be instigated? I think, like you know, like Chris
1: spoke to earlier, you know, the, the WNBA has crazy lens on it right now, crazy lens. So all these little things um, are starting to be picked up. Not that they've been going on, but i you know, you have to be more careful with with what it is you're you're doing when you're on the court, and that's, you know, we, as we see, that extends beyond. The young lady, the ladies playing it, athletes playing the game. You know, these are the these are on the coaches. These are on the refs. You can't like why? Why? Why is there even a conversation like that being had? You know, go come get your boy. Why? Why is the referee talking to? him? Because right, it ain't like
0: they' about to scrap it. Yeah. Why, why are you not going? <laughs> to the coach? You
1: don't get your boy. You, have to, you have to lay him out right like, yeah. quick. Yeah. Go talk to the coach.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, yeah. What was the yeah. well? I don't know what was the issue too. I want to know what the issue was, cause I don't know. I think are we speaking towards any sort of frustration too amongst the sky? Cause, you know, the game last night wasn't a very good game for them. They they lost the second in the row. You know, what what are we looking at right now, Chris, with this team? Like you know. We a lot of expectations, high expectations. We spoke to him to a to a good degree, you know, with, with James in our season preview and uh and, and uh Josh as well, of course. And uh, you know, this is a team that something can contend for a championship, you know, whether they are or not, is definitely the, the book has been written on that. It's still too early. But we've seen teams that have gotten off to some good starts now, you know. With, that Connecticut team is like 5 and 0 right and you know um, uh 5 and 1 now 5 and 1 now okay and that's yeah. that's the same record that uh, New York has now right and they mm-hmm. they beat you no know, they were impressive uh, in beating uh the the Sky uh, on Sunday you know of course the Sky they aren't they don't have all the players Candace has been hurt she, she still hasn't played in front of the home team the home crowd yet and uh you know it's uh, should, should there be reason to be worried if you're you know if you're really if you if you're one of these people who you know uh, were really excited about the sky this year is there reason to be worried
2: yeah i mean the 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 w still is is small enough in terms of having twelve team league that anybody could beat anybody by by pretty much any margin at any time um obviously the good teams Come out um, in the end, barring any uh, barring any drastic injuries. But you have a lot of teams. You might have some bad teams, beat some really good teams, and um, some teams have had a diff- more difficult schedule. It's it's odd for them to play Atlanta back to back so early. Yeah, yeah, or you know, two games in within the span of a week. But You're there right. is there is some reason for apprehension. They still have played badly in the second half of, of pretty much every game, save for the New York one, only because the New York one was, I think, tied at halftime. And they they did about as well as I, I think that they could with, with Azaree Stevens coming back in her first game back from injury. And that was the first game where Diamond to Shields really got going. So, that you know, you could chalk that up as a loss. But where they were... Successful with Atlanta, they were that much as unsuccessful. That the second game, they they had twenty plus turnovers, Uh, and Coach Wade said is like they really got to fix up their mistakes. Um, They can't continue to make the mistakes that they that they're making,
0: and And that that seemed to be the thing that's jumping out at me. Just they, and and it's it's a carryover from the the Wubble games too. Like they haven't uh, they haven't really taken care of the ball the way that they need to as a team. Yeah, that was, that was
2: always kind of a thing. They um, even, in the, even in the past couple of years since Coach Wade's come in, they, they had trouble with turnovers a good amount of the time. And I think some of that was not having a true backup point guard and then having all the pressure on Courtney Vander Candace Parker was supposed to solve that problem. but with her being out initially, it was just it was just said it was rest, and then she was you know out for the next game. It's been um, that ankle
0: though. That was that ankle looked gnarly to perfect
2: phrase. And see, that's you know, that's not what the media was told um initially when she sat out on I think it was Saturday. So now you've had your prize acquisition, only played one game, and I you know I don't think she's gonna be on the Olympics, but that's coming up, so you're gonna lose Diamond to Shields for a certain amount of time once training camp hits. Steph is already with the three-on-three team. Yeah, you, know, you, you lose a big off the bench, even though you get Z back. So they, they have to really figure out. Uh, and their half-court offense has looked very sloppy. They, they, they are great in transition, but they have not really been able to get something going um, consistently in the half-court. Even when Candace was out there, they had trouble operating. Defenses are really swarming them. They're doubling ball handlers and forcing them to make the right pass and really trying to play them at the perimeter, which is interesting for a team with good three-point shooters. So they've got to make some changes in their half-court offense uh, real quickly and and then uh, worry about taking care of the ball uh, because I think both of those things go hand-in-hand. A lot of the times they're making turnovers
0: in the half-court. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what what do you think about the upcoming slate for the team? You know, they got the – you know, we talked about them playing uh, Atlanta quickly. They're they actually going to be playing the Sparks two times in a row, uh, you know, on the 28th and the 30th here. And uh, then they got the Mercury. Uh, they got them two times in a row. The Sparks again on the 5th of June. And the in the fever, of, like I don't know. What do you think about the schedule and, and their uh, prospects coming up?
2: You want to go with me or Drew? You want this one?
0: No, no. I think I think you, go, you go with you go.
2: Okay. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to check first. Um, you, the fever game should be a respite because that the um, <laughs> they they got a nice draft pick, but uh, Kaiser Gondrizic doesn't exactly fit. And they don't have really great um, roster construction. Catches, kind of, Tamika Catches is, is kind of got that Elton brand right now, where they, they, kind of, they shifted to win now, but they didn't get the people to do it. Mm. So they have a very interesting team that could be fun. And it's probably going to lose like half their games, or if not more than that, they might they might lose like three quarters of their games. So the sky should definitely beat Indiana without too much problem. Um, the Sparks will There's be about Five games before that,
0: though. Right, right. So you gotta you want
2: to you want to split with LA, knowing that they'll be decent. But ideally, with the full roster, you would expect Chicago to be – I don't think anybody really had the Spark top – um, 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 any higher, higher than, than top six, six say. Okay. So, so that's, a, that's game, a game, at least one, if not two, that you would have them um, – that you would expect them to win. And then what were the other games on the schedule, Kyle? I don't have it up in front
0: of me. Uh, no problem. Uh, they say Sparks on the next two games uh, over the weekend. And coming out of the weekend, next Tuesday, the Mercury are in town. And then they travel to Phoenix for the Thursday uh, after that, the third. And then they have the Sparks. So they that's a little West Coast swing. They have the Sparks in L.A. on the 5th. So then they come back home for the fever.
2: So with Mercury, the Phoenix, they, they play Phoenix well. They play Phoenix well um, with their current lineup. That's without um, – Schuyler Diggins-Smith, I think they still beat them last year at least once in Bradenton with Schuyler Diggins-Smith on the team. Um, and now Diana Taurasi is going to be out for a few weeks with a, yeah. with a, a chest fracture, which, which sucks. I'm not, a, I'm not a huge Diana fan in terms of her play, but she's a ball player, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so And that's going to be a big loss for them on the court. So Phoenix is going to have to deal with not having their starting point guard which is still really, really, really important um, in this league. So that's – but that's the thing. That'll be kind of a barometer for Chicago if they've gotten their shit together or not because that's a team that you definitely should be twice. And if they falter or even if they have cracks, right, if they, if they play a game like they played against Atlanta in, in the second game of the season, uh, there's still – you know, the warning signs will still be out there.
1: Okay. What is you you uh, spoke about the issues they have in the half court and opposing teams kind of swarming the, the ball handlers. What do you what do you see James Wade doing to kind of combat that, or is it just a matter of players making better decisions? Because even even Vandersloot, a little bit that I watched in the Liberty game and in last night's game, um, she had some turnovers where it's like, ooh, and even she like in the moment. I can see it, like damn. I probably shouldn't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like after the fact, um, some of the decision making just it seems a little rushed. That's not just her; just the team. And just, like you said, just to your point about them being sloppy, seems rushed at times in the half court. He he did say, and this might have been some coach
2: speak. He said that they were still getting used to how fast they could, be, how fast they can play, uh, specifically in terms of Ka and Diamond De Shields, Kalia Copper. And he said that a lot of the passes that they've made in transition were just uh, too far ahead or or sometimes behind because they weren't used to the speed of each other. And and some of that is true. Some of that is at least plausible, I'll say, because everybody got to training camp at different times. Uh, Some players either played, you know, got there right at the end and maybe had a couple of practices or the preseason games. And then uh, some players like Shiloh Hill, Weren't even able to get to the States until last week. So there is some of that still acclimating to things. Um, For players like Ruthie Hebert, she's been doing really well. She came pretty much straight in from the European League and has gotten off um, her first few times in the rotation. But I, I think there is some plausibility to that. However, it's really not in transition where they're making or they're having the trouble, like I said, and I'm, I'm not sure, I'm not, you know, I'm not Nakayas or, or Mo dekeel or any of these cats who can really break things down. I will admit that to you. I, I think that they've had some trouble because teams really pack the paint knowing that Candice is going to operate in that high post. And it's, it's not that their spacing is bad. It, it just seems like they get trapped on the – like teams are doubling on the, on the side, on the side uh, pick and roll, or they're, they're, they're doubling Candace, like they're bringing the double team up from behind and, and making things difficult for her. So they, and they've just seemed hesitant. I, I, I don't know what it is because they have they have shot creators. Mm-hmm. Diamond is still kind of coming back, but it seems like she's got more of her rhythm at least in terms of the stats. I got to go back and check the games because I wasn't able to watch as thoroughly as, um, as I did the first two. But they have shot creators like Inca and Diamond. And even Sloot will always take the opportunity once or twice a game for the defense to be lulled to sleep, thinking that she's going to pass off and move to a, another spot on the floor to get the ball back and just get to the rim and, and get that little um, like kind of Pete Maravich floater. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you got Candace. So they, they're not lacking in shot creation, especially now with Azaree Stevens back. I think that might solve some of their problems, having Z back in a more um, broad role. But they, they need to get Candace back on the floor because she s- fills some holes that they've had, and they need for Diamond to be in you know consistent form now. The, is, the next game is going to be really telling. That's all I can really say. The next game against Los Angeles is gonna is gonna say a lot about who the who the sky are. Mm. And then is anybody any updates on uh, Quigley? Um, Allie, the last I was the last I was at a presser, he said that she could have gone, and that was game two, I believe. He said that it was more like a you know something that they wanted to give her rest. Mm-hmm. And you know it could be that they're just thinking that this is early season and these are games that they're going to get back, which is tough in a shorter with a with a 36 game schedule. Even, even with the Olympic break, it's tough to 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 kind of put the getaway day. Not sorry, let me let me back that up. That was that's not right. It's tough to not have your rotation players going, even in the beginning of the season when you're trying to maybe get some extra rest for players like Quigley, who's. Who was in the mid to late thirties, hmm. um, but the last I heard, it was not that bad of a hamstring pull or or um, strain, and he said that if it was the playoffs at that point in time, they probably would have had her going. So I would expect her to be back. Um, if not tomorrow, or or is it Friday? If not tomorrow, if not this weekend, then. I would be surprised if she's not back in one of these games against Los Angeles.
1: Yeah. And then Parker's, like you said, Kyle Parker's ankle looks a little, look pretty bad, but I wonder like how many more of these type of games will it be before James Wade decides, like, okay, we, we got to see what you got. We got to see, you know, or even Candace herself, like hey, coach, I got to get out there.
0: Yeah. I, I was going to get into that. Like there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot that's hanging on her right now. And, you know, you, 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 she got the, the big cover on Chicago Magazine. And she got she just this wholly positive story right now in the city. You know, you just hate to see that turn in any way, you know. So, you know, hopefully she just gets the rest that she needs and she can heal and she can go back to... Because that first game, it looked like everything that you wanted to see out this team. And, you know, they they... Put a win out in the that Atlanta game was you know, mostly in the first half that they played their best and was able to hang on in the second half. But since then, it's been a bit of a struggle. But you know, we'll see how they do in these this next stretch of games. I feel like feel better after Chris explained, you know, uh, the relative degree of how the Sparks and and, and Phoenix are. I didn't know about uh, the Tarasi injur- injury, which you know is going to be affecting them definitely. But at any given year, you look at a you know five games in a row between you know playing those two franchises, you think like, oh, it's going to be a tough stretch. So and it still could be for the for the sky, but you know, hopefully they could at least maybe win the majority of those games, and you know, you do that, then you still a winning team at that point. You know, you, you like I say, you're still getting players co- incorporated back into the season, still getting your health. You know, getting people's legs under them quite literally, and uh, you know, so yeah, it's still a lot of time. That break, actually, that uh, Chris makes mention of for the Olympics, it, it comes uh, in July. Just look at, looking at the uh, the schedule, like July 10th, I believe. So it's still a lot of time to uh, you know, and and, and I guess given a break like that, you don't necessarily need to be playing your best ball, you know, because you're gonna get that. You're gonna get a lot of that, you know, uh, cut from under you anyway. That you know, Mm -hmm. momentum being as you know, uh, you know, nebulous of a concept as it is, you know, you still, you, you know, it's hard to you're not going to necessarily play the same in the middle of of July as you are at the end of August. So you got to, you know, you, you want, you want to be playing your best ball in a couple months as opposed to a couple weeks anyway. So the sky got a lot. They they got a lot. They still got time, even though it's not a, it's not an NBA schedule, but they got time to evolve here. So. And the and the Sparks have gotten
2: knocked around pretty good. So and you know, one of those games was to Dallas, who's gonna be much better than they've been with the addition of, of Charlie Collier. But, but they're like the they're still there. Dallas.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're still the wings. Have, have the Sparks won a game yet? I don't think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm checking right now just to make sure. Because I was looking at the schedule. Yeah, they're 0 2.
0: Okay, it was see, I that's weird. To, like, how some teams play like, yeah. six games, and you got that team would play two games, the sky would play well, four games. You know, it's I don't know, they schedule the schedule is kind of weird. Somebody, you know, somebody
2: wow. commented, like, yo, what's who's scheduling these games? Because I think they looked at the because somebody tweeted out the standings just about how they was unexpected that Minnesota had lost their first three, and um. I think probably the Phoenix and Las Vegas were two and two, and the Liberty at the, were at the top. And then somebody was like, "Yo, who sets the schedule?" <laughs> and I didn't even <laughs> notice that because I expected to be missing some. Because I was looking, like, I was looking at the, the the schedules like, "Okay, L.A. lost this game, then they got blown out. Oh, L.A. lost this game, then they got blown out." And that was like that was a week. That that was in like two a week. <laughs> and all you see all these names pop up like two or three times. <laughs>
1: Right, and then all of a sudden, uh, the sky had three games in one week, whereas the thing they had, what, two prior to that? There's always been like two, and then there's now three. Like you said, Sparks coming up back-to-back Friday, Sunday, I want to say. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: They got the weekend home and home. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's going to be tough with travel. Um, There's still – Coach Wade joked there's no charter flights still because they had to basically – they had tech difficulties in D.C., and the post game got cut short because they had to catch the commercial flight.
0: <laughs> wow. I saw that quote. He was like, "We got to, got to get up out of here." Hey, and <laughs> WNBA, they, they got, yeah, got, got treat WNBA better with travel, man. For sure. Yeah, I don't know. They, they it's always something. with that lead, man. But we, we spoke about the. Um, sorry to cut you guys
1: off. We spoke about the uh, Commissioner's Cup. There's money on the line for that too, isn't there? Five 500- hundred. Thousand.
0: I thought, oh, Okay, say. okay. Yeah. Hey, i hey, hey, going hey, to be
1: split hey,
0: between... that... <laughs> Yeah, I, and and again, like, lay that out again, Chris, before we uh, start to wrap up here. Well, how the
2: how the uh, the commissioner's cup works?
0: Yeah. So it's
2: the first game that each team plays against their a uh, team in their conference. So it's it's kind of funny that they don't really. Adhere to conferences once <laughs> playoff time comes around. Yeah, but I guess this is a way to make it more relevant. So, the first game that each team plays against a, a team in their conference counts for the Commissioner's Cup standings. And I think each team is is going to play twelve games or eleven because it's man. I got I got to check back. I know it's I know it's I know that's how the structure works. That it's that first game that they play. And it's and all the the games are marked on the schedule with a little uh, trophy, hmm. but, but, but
0: they get a certain amount of points for the wins against in those those commissioner cup games, and then it leads to two teams, the two top teams, playing right at at a certain point that the at the middle of the year,
2: right. And um, I think outside unless there's a tiebreaker. Needed, which I, I assume yeah. that there, there probably would be. Then it would it would just be the best
0: records. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, I was thinking about that too, like whether there's a tie. you know. Yeah. So, I, I, like I actually I like the concept, and, and you know, it gets it allows uh, those players to get uh, get at some more cash, which you know we all can advocate. Uh, you know, more money being involved, more sponsorships. Being involved in the WNBA, so if, if it provides an event in in midsummer that uh they that they can uh, definitely market and promote, you know, probably maybe there'll be an ABC game or something, or you know, uh, one of those on the CBS package that they got now. You know, let's see what they do with it, and you know, it's, uh, you know, hopefully it'll be a, 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 as successful at least as the playing games. We'll, we'll see about that. But uh, we're going to begin to wrap up here. Uh, the Atlanta Knicks game seems to be uh, getting lively again. Yeah, and, the Knicks uh, came back and tied it. Yeah, they they took control in uh, for a little bit, but uh, Atlanta's still fighting back. Uh, Knicks up five with about three and a half left. But uh rolls to get a win, baby, that's all. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of people are noticing that, like the you know, Bulls and Bulls in Chicago is like <laughs> openly. I, I I ain't rooting for the Knicks. I'm just rooting for D Rose. <laughs> Some people say they straight up rooting for the Knicks because of them, so I I, I I ain't mad at you, you know. I, but just goes so to the love that we got for Rose. Yeah, don't know.
1: I, mean, I had them advance into the second round. We'll see if that actually happens. Yeah, I mean they
0: could. I mean, Atlanta. Like I said, they came out tonight and it looked like they were ready to. Take both of these. Take this second game, man. But you know, uh, you know, nice for the Knicks to come back and and make it competitive and give themselves a chance to win. So, yeah, this is definitely gonna be a top serve series. It's a four five. So, you know, you gotta figure this uh, a certain amount of evenness. But it seems like the talent disparity, uh, like on one side for Atlanta, is more on the shooting. And playmaking side, whereas with the Knicks is they're more talented on the the gritty defending side. So mm-hmm. there's a clash of styles thing here too. So uh, it's making for some good guys. They're getting a little chippy at times. Yeah, you know. And and, and hey, as much as you want to hate them, the Knicks fans brings a lot to the table when it comes to this playoff stuff because it's easy. Mm-hmm. This it's they make a lot of noise and they're easy they make for great you know they make add to the theater of it all so
2: Taj yeah. leaning on uh tibbs leaning on rose again man 35 minutes you <laughs> do not he
0: don't know nothing better man he, <laughs> as long as he could look and see that see those dreads on the on the on the bench man i think tibbs is like you know, we could do it you know <laughs> so yeah, I, he, I think he see Taj too he'd be like hey you know hey we Let's let's make it let's make up for what we couldn't do in you know in Chicago, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they they New York, New York they got a chance, but we'll we'll see how it goes. But I want to uh note a couple I want to make note of a couple of things before we jump off. Uh some more disrespect, I guess, uh related things. That's maybe that's a common theme for today. Uh Apparently, uh, no, the Wizards going back to the Wizards Philly uh, game, which is done, uh, you know, uh, Philly one easy, and uh, Westbrook. Uh, apparently, he, he just is a magnet for these things. A fan, a Sixers fan, got ejected from uh, the stadium at Wells Fargo Center after throwing popcorn on him as he was leaving <laughs> the court with uh, a tense. That's a
2: That's what I would say. Throwing popcorn to somebody—that's a lot.
0: Yeah, man, I, I, I don't know why people just keep wanting to mess with him, man. But it it it's happened a lot. Denver and Utah, and the you know the famous one. I think that was Philly too, where he was pointing at the guy. It's, um. it's like who's, the, the who's man. <laughs> That's what I say. You say who's man, don't say who's your boy. Say who's yeah. man. <laughs> who's, who's <man's> yeah, who's whose man is this? Do you want to offend nobody then? You know, that, like, that fan is lucky that
1: you know it looked like it was about six people that grabbed Westbrook for, to keep him from going back up into the stands, man. Yeah. Are you talking what happened tonight? Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. I did I've been seeing video. I'm just Reading, I'm looking at an athletic report, uh, okay, but yeah, I didn't see video. But so Westbrook was ready, yeah. I could, I, I mean, pop, you, you don't get popcorn thrown at you nah, man. out there sweaty on the court and stuff and <laughs> your ankle hurting and you mm-hmm. living to go to the get that fixed, you know, you get popcorn thrown at you, pop popcorn to stick on your skin, you know, yeah, man. And after I, I, after, after all going older, to 2. Or going over right, you right, you, you down 2 oh. in the in the. That yeah, popcorn might as well be a spit in the face,
1: man. Mm. Yeah.
2: Well, you know Philadelphia fans, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never lack for class in Philly. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I that's yeah, that's one thing. We'll see how that plays out over the next twenty four hours. And there's this other thing I I, I, I should have mentioned it earlier because I knew about it earlier, but did, did any y'all wow. um, Stay up with the Kyrie thing today, and you know what? What did y'all make of that? Right quick, because it seemed like I didn't. I, did, I haven't even really listened to the comments or anything, but what he said was sort of innocuous, apparently. But it's become a thing now about him it, just making any sort of reference to possible racism in Boston. Like that's such a foreign concept, you know. Uh, I
1: mean, I'm, I'm with you. I don't. I don't think. His comment in any way was, as I saw it, put on Twitter. Him stoking the flames, anything like that. I think people running with what he said and turning it into something is turning it into something. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not, it's not Kyrie doing it. I think, you know, you may, you may agree with some of the things he does and says or not, but uh, I know a lot of times I think people unfairly kind of attach these things to him. and, it, and it's not right. I think um, people are making a bigger deal out of it than it needs to be. Um, I think Cam Newton came out and said something about playing in front of or being in certain environments, even in even in still being a quarterback from New England. Like this, it's not a secret, you know. Um, and he's just hey, putting it out know there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, I, I don't take anything negative at all from what. Kyrie himself said, um, "I think he's just trying to get ahead of it. Like, look, man, let's not let's not do this, man. <laughs> let's not do yeah, it." Well,
0: he's—I th- I guess he's asking people to speak to their better angels, uh, you know. And and I think for so many, for some reason, that's hard for them to do. And, you know, they don't—they just see opportunities to act certain ways and and debase themselves or debase others. And you know, when it's this is just a game, you know, it's just a competition we talking about here. And whatever he did that offended them when he was with that team or whatever, you know, why that's not nothing to carry along, you know, and you know, you know, nobody is like I say the stakes aren't that high in this thing to where, you know, we need to be uh you know, uh, going at people in that way. So, you know, i yeah, I think Ky, Kyrie goes off the reservation at times, but you know, it, it, he's he seemed to be a big grounder here, and I think people are used to, re, like you say, Drew reacting and responding to him in a certain way, mm-hmm. so he gets these things overblown. But and but you know, race is always, you know, there's always that uh, gut reaction for people who don't want to deal with race or have dealt with race in a clumsy manner to just not have to speak to it at all whenever anybody else speaks to it or, or makes mention of it they want to act like stuff is not there when it's been there for years and it's been it's been there you know it's been there you know very blatantly, and people want to act like it's not there but you know people don't, aren't like that anymore athletes Aren't like that, and, and more so than they've ever been. If they if they see something that's wrong, they're gonna speak on it, and they're gonna and they're gonna, uh, you know, try to do something to repair it. You know, so you just gotta deal with it.
2: Yeah, they had they had a shot. I he he put them on the spot, and I think Kyrie was definitely instigating because he put them on the spot. And they responded how people outside of Boston expect Boston to to respond, like how yeah. are we racist? What? <laughs> what? Oh, sorry, that's not the right accent. How are we racist? Oh, I we. A accent, man. <laughs> no, that's,
0: it. that's it. I was like, how? How?
2: How? How are ha, we racist? Ha. How yeah. are we racist? Huh? How are we racist?
0: Yeah, huh? yeah.
2: I, I can't do it, man. It
0: <laughs> I gave it a shot. Now get your, get your boy. Get your. Um. <laughs> I'm trying to think of Mark Wahlberg saying that. <laughs> speaking of speaking of how's racist your, how's your mother? How's your mother? <laughs> speaking of races. Mark yeah. Wahlberg. <laughs> he don't have a good history. Yeah. Jumping Vietnamese uh people back in the day on his bike. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's you got to think about that stuff. People don't well think about that stuff, but we 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 keep track. We keep track. So you know, no sleep, but uh, yeah, we're we gonna uh, take it until the end here. It looks like New York's gonna pull out uh, the game two, so there's gonna be a one and one series going down in Atlanta. And uh, that series, game three, we're gonna be doing the show Saturday while that uh, doing the first half of that game three. Uh, so uh, you know, watch it along with us. Uh, me and me and uh, uh, Josh and our guests on Friday. Uh, we won't have these good gentlemen on Friday, but uh, wish to, wish you well and hope you enjoy your weekend. Uh, anything else on your minds? Uh, any parting shots? Um,
1: um, just looking for Miami to make it 2 1 after tomorrow, man. Please. For
0: the love of
1: God, man. It's 2 1, Miami. Please.
0: What, 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 if any, series do you think is going to be done by the next time we get on?
1: Brooklyn and in, in in Boston for sure. Yeah, that should be it. Uh, what's today, Wednesday? man, Washington and Philly. Yeah, I'm gonna stop. Anything there, in man. the West?
2: Huh? Anything in the West you think is gonna is gonna be, <laughs> be up? maybe Dallas?
0: Maybe Dallas <laughs> and the Clippers, man. That's gonna be sad, man. almost. Bombs, bro.
1: Bombs. <laughs> That's crazy, man. You go out in the bubble. And then you come back, new coach and all. You dodge LeBron. You dodge um well it's in there trying to dodge. Maybe you're trying to dodge Portland or whatever. Well, and yeah. you wind up Yeah, one of
0: those o- yeah it's like you, yeah, it's like you took on the bully <laughs> in the in the schoolyards. Like, oh, I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get back. I'm gonna get mine back. And then you will just whoop your ass again.
1: Oh, they better win four straight. But you know what? The Dallas played them
0: tough in the bubble, man, until Kristoff um, got hurt. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he almost beat them by himself last year. And now he got well, – I don't know if he even got more help this year, but, but the Clippers got more crazy. They, they got less help. So, they should have known they weren't equipped for this, man. Mm-hmm.
1: It's crazy though. When you, I'm getting off topic a little bit, but Chris brought up Nikias. The way these these and the Caitlin Coopers of the world, the way they break down basketball, man, the nuances of each play it's crazy, man. And 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 that's that kind of goes back into what I was saying about how coaches this chess match because the way that the Clippers are wanting to defend Dallas, Dallas is like. Totally throwing that for a loop, um, screening, screening Kawhi off of Doncic, and you know, hunting different matchups on the court, hunting yeah. Zubac. It's just, it's, it's, man, it makes your head spin a little bit, man. So kudos to those, those uh, men and women that can break it down as well as they do. It's, it's, it's something.
0: It's something. Yeah. say shout about, but they can't. They can't uh, do what we do either. We nah. <laughs> so. You know. apples and oranges they can't it. let's make that be known <laughs> <laughs> um but you know but, but I, uh, I, i'll say right before you i'll let you go chris it's interesting though how you have in one side you sort of had a mirror situation on the east where milwaukee sort of took took it upon themselves to play miami again and they've, you know, they've dominated in the first two games. So, you know, there's still a lot to be said there because the get series is going back to Miami. But I'm not, I I just have to say, I, I've not been that high on Miami throughout the year. I think a lot of people was like, oh, because they went to the – what they did in the bubble was great. But I think a lot of stuff that did happen in that bubble, we're already seeing that it was like a one – it was a one night rain, uh one night engagement, as they would say, like on Broadway or something. Like <laughs> yeah. T.J. Warren, T.J. Warren, then come back and dominate the league. <laughs> you know, Miami. It, you know, uh, Murray has been good, but he didn't drop fifty point games every week of the year. You know, It's just It was. It was a unique season, the unique, you know, confluence of things that happened last year. So. You know, in LA, you look at, look at the difference between the Lakers between this year and that shit. You know, this is it's, just, it's it, the bubble was the bubble. So I think Miami, they're still a very talented team. They got a a lot going for it. But you know, the Bucks, the Bucks wanted it this year, and they they know that they got at least they got to beat the Nets and Philly at least probably to get out of the East. So they I, I could see them not wasting any time in this uh first round. So I I'm not saying they're gonna sweep, but maybe a five gamer right there, you know. I mean
1: I am not I can't be mad at you the way these, these first two games have gone, man. And
0: yeah, they played like, the way that they needed to play. And, and the guys that they picked up and you know they like they've you know look at Brent Forbes man. Like the, the what he did in game two like that's 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 wild man. They, they getting that type of extra play that you want to see in this postseason from the road guys and, you know, uh, holiday playmaking and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Singleton making the, uh, you know, key shots and stuff, doing things that take the load off of, of uh, Giants, you know. Yeah. It shouldn't have to be all. We want it to be all on him for some reason, but the great players don't necessarily have it all on them. They take it upon themselves to do a lot, but they often have other guys who step up around them, and a lot of times it would be unexpected guys. So oh, that's yeah. what makes championship teams and championship efforts.
1: Well, sure. to your point, you know the, the bubble was the bubble, especially for guys like Tyler Hero. It appears, but um, yeah, there's yeah. something you said about, like you said, them bring the Bucks bringing in um, Drew Holiday and, and PJ Tucker, and actually putting Giannis on Jimmy uh, for certain stretches of the game, and that's been. I'm, I'm gonna be interested to see if there's anything that Coach Spo or Butler or what the team in general does to combat that because that's been something
0: that's that's really kind of put the lid on their offense, man. Mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell in uniform, like he getting ready to play. We'll see if they have an impact on that uh, game against uh, Memphis. But uh, yeah, Chris, anything you got else you got before we uh, head out? Speaking
2: of racism, uh, hockey couldn't be left out of the out of the the realm of of doing its part.
0: That should be and a that should be a segment. Speaking of racism,
2: <laughs> but we it would it would it would take over the whole show.
1: <laughs> Sound like a Paul Mo- uh, Paul Mooney bit. Rest in peace. Yo.
2: Right, <laughs> yeah. that's a good point, Drew. That's <laughs> something we
0: that's a we got to touch a Paul on. Paul Mooney album, Speaking of racism. <laughs>
2: When he said barbershop was a lie, I, I lost my – I was I was so offended as a, like, 15-year-old. I'm like, how, how could you – I was like, how could you make that
0: movie down? You know it's a front for drugs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, the Edmonton Oilers lost their first round series to the Winnipeg Jets, and they have um, a First Nations uh, defenseman named Ethan Baer who I, I think he might've either taken a penalty or let in a late goal that allowed Winnipeg to tie. And so then of course, a lot of people were saying racist stuff about him being a, um, a first nations player. I'm not sure what, um, uh, group or, or, or tribe organization that he's a part of. Let me check that because I, I do want to get that right. Um, Actually, that would have been more simple. Shout out to Google for doing that. People also ask things. Oh, never mind. It just says he's Canadian. Thanks, Google. Appreciate that. Um, Osha Oshapowachi. I know I said that wrong, so I apologize. <laughs> um, is part of the, the Cree. The, what we would say is the Cree Native Americans, Cree Indians. But a lot of people were saying racist stuff about him online because that's what people do when they uh, are upset, evidently, and are hockey fans. So um, big ups to the Oilers organization for immediately coming for all of them. Like, hey, we don't tolerate this. Uh, The Oilers GM, actually, uh, is Ken Holland, who was the general manager for those Red Wings teams of the 90s that were blowing the doors off. And he had a pretty epic quote. He's like, "I'm 65 years old. I don't. I'm not with this social media stuff. So this is the first I'm hearing about it. But we're not tolerating any of that. So um, yeah, um, read read Evans, Evan and Josh yeah, Shaw's was, book. I was, when was it thinking comes about out, that too. Yeah, game misconduct in, in October. So, um, so so that you, if you like hockey, you can learn how it's fucked up. If you don't like hockey, you can learn how it's fucked up. <laughs> Uh, maybe you'll like hockey a little bit more because you learn that there's people in it who aren't fucked up.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, maybe, you yeah, get more people into knowing that there's a place for black people and people of different races in, in hockey instead of, you know, making it, instead of just leaving it lily white, you know. It's, there's all, there's been a long a place for other people in that sport, you know. So, yeah, this uh. You Just got to get the, just got to pull the weeds out, uh, you know, for pull, for, for, you know, get get some of that that uh, grift and graph out of that sport, you know, and then make it a little little more pleasant for the rest of us, you know. And uh, people like Evan is definitely doing a, a admirable job of uh, you know, fleshing out things and 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 really just approaching the sport, you know. Showing that they that other people belong in that sport and and having a relationship with that sport that's active and you know uh, militant in a lot of ways. So I definitely one of the things I my I remember we I had uh, brought Evan on to D and Davis early on, and it was a week that that D wasn't there for some reason, like, and uh like so he was co hosting with me and Ken. And we did. I did a segment where I was like, we were supposed to be throwing out like hockey trivia or something. And I, I had, I spent the whole week preparing the hockey trivia. And like the first two questions, I, I had, you know, I asked someone the question, and they had got it wrong. And then Evan was like, "Oh, well, that's not right either, Kyle." And I was like, "Oh, damn." <laughs> <laughs> I got in here. I did all this research and, and I wasn't right either. But. It, it happens, man. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. But anyway, I, one more thing, though, since we talking about the other sport. And I, I, I'm thinking of this because you, you got the 312 on your hat, Chris. What Did you see the the new era hats that got all those area uh, codes on them?
2: New era has been fucking up the hats for about two years now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened. They they're trying to do they're trying to do too much. Remember when they started putting the state hats out? And they had the ones with like the the um
0: street on it. I think yeah.
2: But that, those were good. Now they're trying to do like way, 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 way too much. They they messed up when they started making nine fifty popular and bringing snapbacks back. And I, I blame all of all you kids out there and all you um SoundCloud rappers for making <laughs> snapbacks a big thing again when fitted's were made way more mature, <laughs> way more grown. Fit and it. now New Era is just like, let's make let's put our snapbacks every three months and put like everything we possibly can. Let's put every zip code and area code on it.
0: Nah man. <laughs> them had to look like they was made on forty seven for something. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they, right off like, the green line, yeah. Like, right <laughs> with the little shops down there is like, Oh, give me a hat with all the zip codes on the south side. <laughs> on it. Man, that's how I want people to know that's how south side I am, right? <laughs> and the, tops with the stocks the logo on it, and a deep dish pizza, and some jardinette peppers. Man, I want people to know just how Chicago I am. Oh, my god, Chicago
1: Man. without the rhinestones, though. You got to get the rhinestones on there,
2: yeah. Yo, yo, might as well just bring it back to um, the Airbrush Tees. We need to bring those back <laughs> yeah. on, a, on a regular basis. For sure. Off the yeah. wall.
0: That's, that's wild, man. We're okay. We'll leave, we leave y'all with that, though. Appreciate it. Chris, Drew, enjoyed talking with y'all, having fun. hope y'all, like I said, again, hope y'all enjoy your weekend. And uh we're gonna start off the weekend. Hope you uh viewers and listeners uh choose to start off the weekend with us on Friday uh with our next show. And uh after that we will I, I don't know when exactly we you know we may not be adhering exactly to the Thursday schedule in the playoffs, but uh you know, we're gonna try to give you something around that time each week. Uh and uh like I said, we'll just keep up with things as they go along with the playoffs. And, uh, you know, may we'll try to reach out to some reporters from different areas and see about getting other people on to give some uh, context to the other teams, particularly when they get eliminated and stuff, you know. And uh, we'll see, like I said, we'll, we'll try some stuff out like that through the remainder of the season. But uh, definitely uh, more to come here with running and, uh, Hope you just stick uh, stick with us and keep supporting on all our platforms, Anchor, uh, uh, you know, uh, we're, uh, uh, YouTube, <laughs> and uh, you know our our website, weareriverradio.com, and our uh, our Substack. You know, Drew still putting out the heat there with uh, the the Chicago sports exchanges, and you know, stick my head up every now and then with a little something as well. So. Uh, let us know what you think. Show us love. We'll show it right back. And uh, in the meantime, keep bouncing, y'all, and uh, enjoy the playoffs.